T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Ah, yes! Saturdays are made for dads. And Sports Talk Saturday. Today's big game starts at 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock? Holy cannoli! Why have I been wasting my time in here? It's about to start without me! Want to talk to Sneaky Joe DiBiase? Call or text us now. Yes, yes, yes! Senior Golf Classic is about to get underway as Bert Fetzer decides to go with either the 7 or the 9 iron. Yes, I seven. haven't missed a Three. thing. Now he's put it back. He's going for the 9. Back to the 7. Sports Talk Saturday on WGR Sports Radio 550. What is that from? I feel like that's a Disney movie of Th- some sort. That is from Dexter's Laboratory. That, oh. that is an old school Cartoon Network joint. I, I know it. I mean, I was really young, but I—that's—that's I, that's a cartoon I grew up with. That—that mm, that would right be about right end. for you. Yeah, for, like something you would watch on like a morning or an afternoon, and you're like what seven or eight probably. Yeah, but it, it might have stopped right around then. Like when I was watching cartoons at the end, the end of my cartoon era, I think Dexter's Lab might have been over. Uh, Joe DiBiase in for Nate Geary today on Sports Talk Saturday. Hear my the voice of my steam producer Corey Griswold there and lots of hockey today on the show Sabres and Rangers tonight seven o'clock puck drop and I do have some thoughts on the team leading into the trade deadline specifically pertaining to Linus Allmark I spent some time on air talking about that yesterday if you missed that I do want to get back into that conversation because the Sabres are kind of barren in net but the one guy they have is going to be an unrestricted free agent, and they might want to move him rather than risk losing him for nothing. So some hockey talk later on, and of course, plenty on the NFL draft as we are under a month away. The Bills pick 30th. We are going back and forth every day, it seems, on whether this team should pick a running back in the NFL draft. So we'll be looking for your calls at 803-0550. We are going to talk some draft and some fantasy, though, right at the top of today's show. As I'm joined now on the Western Hotline by ESPN's Mike Clay, at Mike Clay NFL on Twitter. Mike, thanks for joining me on this Saturday afternoon. How are you, man? I'm uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I was just kind of jamming out to all that old NFL films music there while I was yes. waiting. So uh, <laughs> feeling pretty good right now. It 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 does get you in the mood for football <laughs> for sure. Um, draft is under a month away, and one big reason I wanted to bring you on was I was reading you on some dynasty football rankings the other day and. Specifically, a running back, too, was the big biggest thing I wanted to, to get into with you because we've been going back and forth, fans here on the station, uh, Twitter, whatever. Like, Bills fans are kind of going back and forth on whether 
this team should pick a running back. They don't really have many holes on the roster overall. And at the 30th pick, you pick a guy at many positions, he might not play right away, but running back is that position where you pick a guy at 30, and he's playing right away, and he's probably in the prime of his career. So before we get into any individuals, for fantasy and for the Bills specifically too, how do they strike you as a landing spot for one of these first-round guys like Travis Etienne or Najee Harris? Well, it kind of depends, right? It depends on if they're going to adjust their scheme a little bit to get the running back position more involved, right? So it was kind of a split backfield, obviously, with Singletary and Moss last season. And if you do draft uh, you know, at the end of the first round, early round two, depending on if they maneuver around the draft a little bit, Obviously, you would expect that to be the feature back, uh, and, and that would be a huge boost in value. You're not going to draft a guy at that spot and kind of throw him into a rotation with, with these other guys. Uh, that being said, if I was them, I, I wouldn't do it. You know, I'd be happy with Singletary and Moss. I, I know some, you know, some fans are underwhelmed because this, the numbers really weren't there, but I think they were effective. You know, I thought Zach Moss, considering that as a rookie only had 126 touches, missed some time with an injury, was sharing the backfield. I think he showed that he can be an effective back in the NFL, and Devin Singletary has been effective at times as well, especially as a rookie. His uh, efficiency was off the charts, and we've seen at times when he had to handle a bulk of the touches that he was effective. So, personally, if I'm building a team, and again, this is just me, maybe the you know uh, the the Bills think differently. I've questioned some of their moves over the past couple of years, and I've been dead wrong uh, as they they built this team into a uh, one of the better teams in the NFL, but. If it was me, I would be happy with Singletary and Moss. I like both of them coming in, especially Moss. I think that's a, a fine backfield. You added Matt Breida for some depth. You can maybe take a, a day three back and add some competition, and they're fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, but I would be spending my valuable assets on positions that really matter, that could really mm-hmm. separate you uh, from the other teams. And, and, of course, that would be on the defensive side of the ball. And maybe you think about a tight end depending on what's going on in round two. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's, that's pretty much what I would do. I would just, uh, yeah. I would be happy with what I had. I think I'm in agreement with you too. Like you've already got two guys that you've spent, not, you haven't spent nothing on them. I mean, third round picks for running backs right. two years in a row. That's, that's not nothing investments. Uh, if they were to do it and if they were keying in on one of these backs in the first round, another reason I wanted to bring you on is I think you're one of the only people I've seen that has Najee Harris not in the top two for rookie running backs. Or was that, was that just for fantasy? Um, yeah, th- this is definitely for fantasy, but uh, I, if, you had a num- if you had him number one, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, and I think I kind of talked through that. There's three... There's a big three at running back this season. They're very close. I've certainly seen seen other outlets that have uh, Najee Harris number three, including my old employer, Pro, uh, Pro Football Focus, and that's not fantasy. That's just straight up uh, running back evaluation. They have Etienne first and, and Williams second, Harris third, and I actually ended up uh, in in the same ballpark. So, uh, but again, pick your poison. I mean, they're all three of them look terrific. The efficiency is fantastic. Etienne is so insanely explosive. He would have been number one on my board last season. I think I know initially he was. Uh, number one, I ended up with uh, Edward Delaire uh, first when when Etienne went back to college. But um, you know, I, mm-hmm. I think he's fantastic. Williams was ridiculous last season, and is super young. He's two years younger than Harris, which kind of gets baked a little bit into uh, dynasty rankings. So so that was a factor. Uh, but Harris, I mean, at that size to be six two two thirty and have the receiving chops he does is is unbelievable. So I'm really excited for all three of these guys. Mike Clay of ESPN joining me, Joe DiBiase, here on Sports Talk Saturday. So from a fantasy perspective, the Bills and one of those running backs, 
How do, do they figure as an e, a good landing spot to you if, let's say, ETN, Travis ETN goes to the Bills? Does that is that an attractive landing spot to you? Because I look at that and say the Bills use running back maybe less than anybody in football overall. Yeah, yeah, they do. And part of that was the scheme change last season, where they were the second pass heaviest team uh, in the NFL. Uh, led you know we're near the nearer at the top of the NFL in three plus and four plus wide receiver sets. So that was part of it. Um, and it, but again, if you if you invest in a, a day one or an early day two running back, it's not again, it's not to be. Uh, a, a guy that's not going to be featured, right? They're going to utilize him. And, and I think it is an attractive spot, and I'll tell you why. Uh, let's put Etienne on that roster right now. Uh, you would expect, what, 12 to 14 carries right away. Maybe that number expands as the year goes on. Certainly he can be a, a factor as a pass catcher. He's an outstanding pass catcher, as are, you know, Williams are some question marks. He's inexperienced. Harris is really good as well. Hmm. Uh, but they would be involved to some extent in the passing. Not a lot, not a lot, because we know Josh Allen likes to feature the other positions, and, and that's how... They have built this scheme. But it's one of the highest scoring teams in the NFL. And if we're talking fantasy, that means plenty of scoring opportunities. I know, I, and again, I know Josh Allen will scramble and run some in. Yeah. But these are big player. These are big play guys. They have good size. They're going to get some opportunities at the goal line. And even if they score six, seven rushing touchdowns, maybe catch one or two, and, and the volume they're going to get and the talent they have, it, you know, it would add up to uh, a pretty pretty decent uh, amount of fantasy contributions. I'm not saying like Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook sort of vicinity, but mm-hmm. you know where 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 DeAndre Swift was last year. You know, um, I think that's that's certainly possible. All right, Mike. Before we get back to the draft here, I want to stick with the Bills for one more, and it relates to free agency. Them bringing in Emmanuel Sanders mostly to replace John Brown. Brown out and Sanders in, and it's. A couple years in a row now where Brown had a very fantasy-relevant season in 2019. Last year, Cole Beasley, especially PPR leagues, was very productive. I had him on a couple of teams. And Gabriel Davis, too, especially towards the end when he was getting his touchdowns, was even productive also. But now here comes Sanders, and Diggs is an easy, I think, wide receiver one or even high-end wide receiver two, wherever you'd fall there. But at least that's a guy you're playing week to week. Josh Allen, you're playing week to week. And then the rest of the receivers, I, I don't know, Is if you had to pick one of those three guys, Sanders, Davis, and Beasley, who would you be targeting in drafts right now? Yeah, well, first of all, Diggs is without question an elite wide receiver one. He was just okay. fantastic. The targets are there. There's no doubt about that. In fact, looking at my early ranks, which we're going to drop soon, I have him third on my board for next season. <laughs> um, otherwise, uh, I, have, I have Beasley at 47, which, let, let's be honest, I'm probably too low. I'll probably be high on him relative to most and still too low because he just continues to get the job done every single season. But he is a year older, and they do, like, uh, you know, to your point, they invested in, in other wide receivers. You have Gabriel Davis coming along and, and obviously Emmanuel Sanders, and they're, they've reportedly been in the tight end market, and they could be in the running back market. So mm-hmm. uh, there are some potential additional mouths to feed, but uh, to answer your question, I would put Beasley second, especially in a PPR format, uh, just because of you know the, the target share he sees. Um, and then after that, I would actually go to the guy who's probably fourth on the depth chart, Gabriel Davis. I'm, I'm just really excited about what I saw last season. I mean, keep in mind, he averaged 43 snaps a game. Cole Beasley averaged 43 snaps a game. The guy was uh, plenty involved. And I know it was lower when John, uh, John Allen played, but – or, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, John Brown played, but yeah. – Right. They still, they still, like I said, they're near the top of the NFL in three-plus and four-plus wide receiver sets. So these guys were all able to play a lot. You're also going to rotate in Isaiah McKenzie. So really, I think it's probably five deep, uh, five deep at that position. But, uh, again, Diggs one, Beasley two in PPR, then Davis because uh, you know, Sanders is 
34 years old. He's missed a lot of time with injuries. I think Davis is probably going to be uh, more reliable and potentially could even steal that number three job. And, and look, if Diggs or Beasley misses time, look out. Davis mm-hmm. could really uh, break out. Really excited for that kid. All right, Mike, if we could bounce back to the draft here, uh, kind of around the league. There's one guy I'm super intrigued with, especially I have a couple of dynasty drafts coming up in just over a month, and, and there's one specific team where I have a top five pick, and the guy I'm thinking about and pondering the most is tight end Kyle Pitts, because I've only been playing Dynasty for, this might be my third year, and I don't think I've ever seen a tight end being talked about as a Dynasty pick that high. I think TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant maybe were close to first-round picks in some leagues a couple years ago, but what do you do with Pitts in a Dynasty draft? Like, Could he be a top-five guy? At least first-round, I would think, right? Yeah, first round for sure. Um, where he falls would be in the middle of the round, maybe a little bit early on. It's just tough because we, we talked about the big three at running back, and then you have arguably a big three at wide receiver, right, with Chase Waddle and Smith, and then you have to mix Pitts in there somewhere. Uh, Pitts is the youngest of that group, which helps his stock a little bit, and he could be a bit of a unicorn in that he's basically a, you know, think about Travis Kelsey, how he puts up basically elite wide receiver numbers with a tight end position. You know, that's, that's huge, and it's a huge edge. Uh, in fantasy, he's been underdrafted for years. So uh, there's a few things to think about. Um, you have to keep in mind, none of these guys are a sure thing. So you take pits. It's not like you're getting yourself a, a shoe-in to replace Kelsey as the number one tight end every year. He might be a bust. We don't know. Nobody's safe. We t- we, every year there's like, you know what, here's one or two safe players. You know, mm-hmm. Solomon Thomas, you know, you just he's a great job by the Niners because he's a really high-floor safe guy. It, it's never that simple, right? There's There's always guys that seem – uh, like they're going to just coast to stardom and, and they don't. So, uh, and, and the other thing is, most leagues you're starting two running backs, two or three receivers, and a flex. You're only starting one tight end. It's not as an important position as some others. Uh, so, it's, again, you're weighing all of these things as you try to make a determination. Uh, personally, I don't think you're going to see him blocking much. He's going to play a lot of wide receiver. He should have a pretty significant target share. Again, he's super young, big. You know, there's, uh, or he's, he's, uh, you know, he's 6'5, mm-hmm. he's a little thin but he's he has a uh, more than enough capable size so um all in all right now he's seventh on my board i would not argue with him in the fourth or fifth range but he is certainly a mid first round pick and he's gonna be right in your radar you're picking what do you say you're picking top five right now yep. right in that conversation for sure i i'm picking fifth i already have tj hawkinson on that team too so it's i'm pretty good at the other positions too but having hawkinson also is making that more complicated because I love Pitts as a player, and like you said, if he's a unicorn type type that comes around once every decade, like maybe we haven't mm-hmm. seen a tight end prospect like this since Vernon Davis, like it's really compelling. Um, and then how about on quarterback? And this would obviously be a more relevant conversation for those in super flex leagues, but after Trevor Lawrence at number one, right now who would be your number two? I know it's a tough question because I think probably quarterback as much as the other positions, if not even more, landing spot will completely change where these guys get ranked. No question. I think we all expect Wilson to go, Zach Wilson, of course, from BYU to go second to the Jets right now. Um, after that, it's a question mark, right? The Niners could go a, a variety of di- uh, directions. The latest rumors, Mac Jones, it could be Trey Lance, it could be Justin Fields, but those are clearly the big five. So if we're talking long term, my ranks have Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Lance Jones in that order. Uh, you know, uh, in fantasy, it's really important that a, a guy can at, at la- add at least some value with his legs, especially, you know, modern fantasy football, you just can't get away with putting up a zero 
uh, as a rusher and being uh, a fantasy star at quarterback. You just can't do it. So Mac Jones is a zero in that department, and uh, he's older than these other guys, so I don't feel great about him in fantasy short or long term. Um, if we're talking just this upcoming season, yeah, I think Lawrence, Lawrence without question, will be the top guy on pretty much every board. The, the guy that has the next best chance, though, to be a QB1, assuming he starts week one, maybe he doesn't, maybe it's week three, but it's going to be in the first month of the season most likely, is Justin Fields because mm-hmm. he's just a game-changer as a rusher, and that's important. If you look back at the history of rookie quarterbacks in fantasy, the only guys who get close to QB1 value – at a ton of value with their legs. Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, guys along those lines, RG3, right? You can go on and on. Just scroll through all those guys. They were all high-performing uh, rushing quarterbacks. Even Jameis Winston ran for, I believe it was, seven touchdowns as a rookie. It's the only reason yeah, he was even close mm-hmm. to fantasy football. Andrew Luck, I can go on and on. So um, that's really key. And I know these other guys like Wilson, Lance is raw. He could add a lot with his legs as well. So it's possible. But like you said, it depends on situation. It depends uh, when we expect them to see uh, see them on the field. But for now, short term, it'd be Lawrence in the field second. All right, Mike, last thing for you. Looking back to free agency a little bit, is there a guy, a signing, that frustrated you the most for fantasy? And apologies if I'm stealing yours, but mine would probably easily be Kenyon Drake going to the Raiders as someone that has Josh Jacobs. But you have a guy like that where like you couldn't you were you were just beside yourself when you saw that that guy signed at this place. Yeah, I think uh, Drake is a great one. I've always been a Kenyon Drake fan, so that's a good one. You know, you think about if he signs to say Pittsburgh, how excited we'd be for his yeah. fantasy stuff. Oh yeah. So, uh no question about it, but I'll pivot over to tight end and 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 throw two guys into one basket, right? The Patriots ruined everybody's <laughs> plan. Uh, Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. I mean, we're talking about two guys who were uh, borderline, if not solid, tight end ones the last couple of years, uh, especially Hunter Henry, who's been delivering year after year uh, with the Chargers when he's been active. Uh, they're they're ruined now. I mean, uh, I've tweeted a bunch about this. I've written about it before. More to come in this department. But uh, teams just cannot support two fantasy-relevant tight ends in 10 and 12-team leagues. It just doesn't happen. There's uh, one exception to that, and obviously it was prime Brady, Gronk, Hernandez, right? That That worked out for a year or two. Uh, when they were all together, um, that's it. I mean, you just don't see examples barring the most extreme circumstances, like when the Eagles had zero wide receivers and their number one and two targets were Goddard and Ertz. And even in that season, uh, Goddard barely scratched the top ten that year. I mean, it's just so hard to do. So uh, if anyone's going to pull it off and bring it back and, and put Smith and, and Henry in the top ten in fantasy points at tight end, it is Belichick and Josh McDaniels because they're so creative. But I don't think you bet on that. I don't think you make mm. decisions on draft day based on that. You just have so many other options like Tunyon and Goddard and Hawkinson and Logan Thomas and Gesicki and Fant. You know, all these guys uh, are in that range. So, I, look, John Smith for me is a borderline top 15 fantasy tight end. Henry's down a few pegs closer to uh, a top 20 guy. But uh, unless you're in a two tight end league, you know, starting two tight ends, I don't think you're too interested in either guy. Real quick, actually, because when you mentioned Kenyon Drake to the Steelers, that really got my antenna up because that's that's a team I was thinking about for a lot of free agent running backs. And they, I think they, they said Kalen Bellage and maybe that's it. Uh, and then they have Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland. Like what, what is going to happen in Pittsburgh? They can't be done, right, at running back? No. No, not at all. I mean, they pick late in round one, so they could certainly be a fit for one of those three running backs we talked about. Maybe they surprise us and bring James Conner back. He's right. still sitting out there uh, as the clear top free agent. Maybe they sign Todd Gurley, which uh, I wouldn't be too excited about, but he's still sitting out there as well. But 
my expectation is the Steelers probably draft someone on uh, late day one, maybe on day two. Uh, definitely a, a landing spot. There's only a couple teams left that have a clear need uh, at running back. I think Atlanta is one. I know some people are in love with Mike Davis, but I think they're probably going to be looking for a young back. Uh, maybe Arizona, someone to go yep. with Chase Edmonds as well. Um, and they're, the Jets would be the other one. They signed Kevin Coleman. So there are a, a handful of teams that really have a major need, and, and I think end of round one, early round two is where those three guys will be selected. You can follow him on Twitter, Mike Clay NFL. Check out his stuff at ESPN.com leading into the NFL draft. Mike, as always, thank you for joining me, man, and we look forward to the next chat. Always fine. Have a good one. Thanks, Mike. Mike Clay on the West Her Hotline. Joe DiBiase here on Sports Talk Saturday, filling in for Nate Geary. Going up until 2 o'clock, we've got Sabres and Rangers tonight at 7 o'clock, pregame at 6. I am, I've become obsessed with Dynasty Fantasy Football in the last couple of years. And while you might roll your eyes, like, oh, fantasy, like, it's, what is it? It's April 3rd, and we're talking about fantasy football. But... I've never been a draft nerd guy. Like, I've never been the one to know much about anything about the draft. I'll be interested in what the Bills do. And, you know, almost from, like, a positional standpoint, I'll be interested. Like, oh, will the Bills go running back? Will they go wide receiver? Will they go offensive line? But I'll never be walking around with certain individuals in mind. And really, what fantasy has done for me, and this is only with the skilled positions, because, you know, for fantasy defense you don't really know the individuals anyway but at least for the skilled positions I'm walking around with like I wonder if the Bills could get Pat Fryermuth in the second round like the tight end out of Penn State 6-7 like he can't really run that fast but he can catch anything real sicko Um, stuff yeah like Rondell Moore from Purdue has become like a my guy who I'm obsessed with like Kadarius Toney wide receiver from Florida Uh, Kenny Gainwell running back from Memphis who could be like a second third round pick fantasy for me I've appreciated that it's really gotten me into the NFL draft. You've at least been draft-pilled is what happened. That's I've, what's going yes, on. Yes, draft-pilled. I, I think that's the right way to put it, hmm. basically. We lost another one. That's a shame. Yeah. When is the draft this year? Is it May? April 29th. Okay, good. At least it's not May. April 29th. We'll have some mock drafts and such here on the station beforehand. Uh, show up in the Bulldog. I know we're doing it the week before. Like a whole show mock draft. That's uh, going to be like an Odyssey operation. That'll be streamed. So we're, we have some big plans, I think, for the draft coming up later in the month. I know me and Nate Geary will be doing a lot of coverage for the draft. And this is the year, again, I feel like I'm the most prepared for it. And it's also the year I think I have the strongest opinions about what the Bills should do. But they were also picking lower than I've ever seen them pick in the first round. You know, th- without them trading. You know, like, they picked Eric Wood. They tend to move a lot. Once a time, time. They move a lot. They do. They do. But th- this is... It's a weird opportunity for them. Because if they want... They could move. If they want to move up... There are certain positions I think you would want to move up for. That might be wide receiver. That might be something on the offensive line. That would probably mean a defensive end to me. If they were going to move up, I, the first thing I would think of is, oh, they're going for a D end. Right. They're going for Greg Rousseau it's, from Miami. It's really the one spot they haven't addressed. They've brought back a ton of guys. They've Their line seems to be set. They've gotten depth at the offensive line. They're acting like their line is set. It's the yeah. defensive line, honestly, that we haven't, seen a ton of action on the, yet. the only change is Starla Tulele back in right. Trent Murphy out mm-hmm. that's it that right there's nothing else Vernon Butler they restructured and, oh Quentin Jefferson out and too. they're old there they are and they 
the one thing we talked about leaving that Kansas City game was they couldn't get any pressure on Patrick Mahomes. And then that was compounded in the Super Bowl when Patrick Mahomes was running for his life. Right, when Tampa Bay made his life miserable. Right, it's like that's how you beat Kansas City. Right. You get pressure on them. Now, the Bills did not have uh, to face a backup, two backup tackles like Kansas, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did with them. Um, but even going into that game, you knew the Buccaneers. They just had more talent on the pass rush with Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett. Mm-hmm. Like just straight up, they have more talented pass rushers than the Bills do. So that's why J.J. Watt was an idea. Right. That's why I was in love with the Carl Lawson idea who ended up with the Jets, formerly of the Bengals. The draft, though, at 30, if they were going to address that position, I feel like they would have done it already. Because, one, from what I've read, this is not a good defensive end year. This is not a good year for pass rushers. There are a couple of guys at the top, I think they're both actually out of the University of Miami, that will probably be gone by the time the Bills pick. Mm -hmm. And, just in general, you pick a guy at 30 at that position, I'm not counting on him to come in and be this immediate upgrade over Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison. Now, I like Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison. I do want to be seeking an upgrade from them for the long term, but look at other positions. Who comes in right now and is an immediate upgrade? Who comes in right now and they're starting? Not rotational. And I think there's probably only one position I could be sure about that, but I will throw running back in there, too, for the 30th pick. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think they need a massive upgrade at running back, but I think you pick Travis Etienne, that is your starting running back. How do the Bills get better going east to west on the defensive line? I felt like last year that was a weakness for them, is getting to the sideline. Teams could turn the edge on them. They're not necessarily fast at that position. They're not. Uh, so, And even at the linebacking position, a lot of their guys go north-south. Like, A.J. Klein got in the trouble when he had to cover oh, yeah. a lot of space. When he went right at the quarterback was when he started to really find find himself in that spot. That's who I think the Tyrell Adams signing means the, the worst for is A.J. Klein, by the way. I think the reaction was Tyrell Adams, starting linebacker for the Texans last year, the Bills signed him this week. Speed guy. Yeah. Like side-to-side ver- quickness, covering tight ends, running backs. And I didn't think about Tremaine Edmonds. As much at first, I did think a little bit about that. It's like, oh, they just brought in a starting linebacker, and they got to decide on Tremaine Edmonds' fifth-year option. But I very quickly got to, oh, they want a much more dynamic linebacker to come in instead of A.J. Klein. If, if your line to. looks like this now, they got to be. I mean, they do. if you if you're gonna have guys block up front and take up space, in theory, it is supposed to be so your linebackers move right. And where I was going with that second position, by the way, in which. You draft a guy 30, and I think he's starting right away. That can actually help your pass rush, too, and that's the cornerback two position. Mm -hmm. If they draft a guy at 30, he's probably starting over Levi Wallace and Dane Jackson. You know, we'll see. Mm. He's got to have a good training camp. He's got to go through all the hurdles of being a rookie in the league. But the opportunity will be sitting right there for that guy to play. And if he comes in and he produces and he gives them an upgrade over Josh Norman and Levi Wallace... That's a big that's a big upgrade because you could be giving your defensive line an extra second, extra two seconds. That might not sound like a lot, but it is for those pass rushers to get to the quarterback. So maybe that's their plan to try to improve the pass rush because, again, there's nobody I think they draft at 30 that's going to make me think, oh, yeah, now look out Patrick Mahomes right. in 2021 at least. And whatever the Bills do, it's still always going to be hard to play Patrick Mahomes. You can't scheme your way out of it. You can have good games, but he's too good. So you yeah, have fight to, fire with fire. Absolutely, That's my idea. So what does Patrick Mahomes do well? Buy time in the back. 
So whatever you can do to reduce that amount of time that he has to do that, either by good coverage or by having guys who can move the exact same way he does across the field, that's what you got to do. And the Bills right now aren't built for that. They're starting to change over to that, but I don't think we've seen that turnover on defense yet. And I am always going to think Mahomes is just going to get his. Yes. Like at the end of the day, he's just going to get 30. Can they score one less touchdown? Yeah. Because if you can get them to score one less touchdown, you probably win. And that's why wide receiver is my favorite idea for the draft. We'll we'll get more into that when we come back, because there are some individuals, too, I want to talk about. Uh, and I do have a Sabres thought on Linus Allmark that I talked a little bit on air yesterday, and I want to expand on it today, because... All these UFAs, it's like we're assuming they're getting traded. Taylor Hall's getting traded. Brandon Montour's getting traded. I don't need to assume Linus Allmark's getting traded because he's an unrestricted free agent. But there's no discussion about him right now. And they've got to make a decision on that, and I think they have to in the next nine days. 803 is the phone number. What do you want to see the Bills do at pick 30? And what do you think of me thinking that wide receiver should be their pick? Uh, let me know here on Sports Talk Saturday. Joe DiBiase and Corey Griswold here on WGR. Welcome back. Sports Talk Saturday. Joe DiBiase and Corey Griswold here on WGR. Have you watched Godzilla vs. King Kong? Is that a movie that's up your alley? I have not caught um, the uh, intercontinental title fight that is Kong (laughs) and Godzilla. It looks... I've had a, a bunch of my friends have already seen it, and they say it's exactly what it should be. Yes. So that's good. I, I appreciate movies that know their lane and stick to it. That's good stuff. It's been a while since we have one of these big total destruction movies that just like tear up a major urban city. Um, basically, since <laughs> gotta like, love those. <laughs> yeah, basically since like the Marvel Marvel movies have kind of like taken a, a pause and a breather. Those were the last ones to kind of torch a mega a megaplex. Yeah, um, and that's how long now. When is Endgame, Man, it's Avengers. A couple years, right? Three years, maybe? Really? Three years Three now? Three or four years, I think. Is this? It? No, it can't be that long. I'm getting way too old if it's if it's that long. It's been a while, right? I don't... There's no way it was three years ago. 2019 was Endgame. Okay. Is that the, the last Summer one? Summer 2019, I guess, Infinity right? Infinity War is the first version of that. So that's two years. Okay. Two years. Okay. Right, two I years. feel a little bit better. The time's not... You know, speeding by me. No one, no one would blame you for losing track of how time functions, considering <laughs> the, the last year. year. <laughs> yes, that's fine. I, it's been pretty quick, right? This last year, or has it been slow? Uh, I believe I think tec- it's been quick. Technically, it's like March three hundred and seventy fifth. I mean, mm, yeah, if, that's right. I don't. If, if you don't leave your house, I don't think we've left the month. I think that's how it works. time's relative. Anyway, how fast are you traveling? The faster you go, the slower time gets. You know, I have a theory about. I think time is a little bit different, maybe, at, at different times. Because, no, okay, so that, that, that didn't make any sense. Here, let me just say this. Just, like, just rolling in, it's like, listen, yeah. I got a theory about time. Time's just... different at different times. Um, I think, I'll say this, and then you tell me what this sounds like. And there's a better way to put that into words. All right. I think, and I think this is a thing. I will hear songs sure. at different times. Correct. And I will think they are moving slower or faster. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you're the like, tempo of the song. The tempo of the song will sound a little bit quicker to me sometimes, and other times it'll sound a little bit slower to me. I don't know if that's where I'm listening to them. I'm normally listening on the same app. 
Um, but I don't know. I feel like sometimes I hear a song and it's like, eh, it seems to be moving a little quicker. I wonder if no, time's that can be a real thing. By me. That, that can be a real thing. I don't think it's your sensation of time that's changing. But okay. like, uh, honestly, I, you, if you're, especially if you've listened to the song a lot, so you're just used to it. Yep. And you work in radio anyway, so you're, you, you're naturally listening for that stuff. Sure. Like, if there's even like a split second difference you'll hear it. Yeah, exactly. So like that And can, I attribute that to <laughs> time warp. Right, apparently. absolutely. Yeah, you <laughs> the the relative speed of the planet moving faster than it takes yes. for your phone to communicate to the satellite in orbit. That's that's what I'm thinking. Therefore that's why your song is playing faster. Maybe there's something to it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, if there's anyone smarter than me out there, feel free to give so us a call. So it's grungecore, right? So you're listening to something that's naturally pretty fast. So you're having a hard time. Oh, of course. That, so it's already coming in at like 200 beats per minute. Sure, that's right. All right, NFL draft coming up later in the month, 8030550. If you've got a favorite idea for what the Bills should do, I, I don't think anyone's going to be able to talk me off of wide receiver. I don't think anybody's going to be able to because there's no position I think they pick at – there's one position. I mentioned it last segment, cornerback. I think cornerback, that could be a real difference maker that helps you this year. So what that would of, still be second for me because... What kind of wide receiver you want to get? I want the speed wide receiver. I want... Rondell Moore specifically is the guy I want because I love the way Joe Marino from the Draft Network described him earlier in the week. He is asinine. He's got some his hands. great highlight reel stuff Yeah, Purdue. He is the guy... He has... The element of the Bills' offense I'm looking for is yards after catch. I don't think they have a guy right now where they throw it to him in the flat or they dump it off to him out of the backfield and he could score right. on any given play. I don't think they have that player. Stephon Diggs, I've mentioned, is un- incredible at getting away from defenders before he has the ball, but once he has it, it's just not him. He's not a guy who's going to make three guys miss on his he, way to the end zone. He's, everybody's also looking to get him because he's the most dangerous guy in the Ex- field. Exactly. So, And their running backs don't really have the breakaway speed that I'm looking for. Matt Breida has it, but he doesn't really rate enough for me. I don't even know if he's going to be on the field. He could just be TJ Yeldon right. being healthy scratched every game. Rondell Moore, there's Elijah Moore too out of Ole Miss. Like, these are guys that I think you draft them, and immediately they become your best yards-after-catch players on the entire offense. Mm-hmm. And it's not all about that, though. The other reason I think you're going to be hard-pressed to talk me off receiver is I'm projecting out two, three years. Emmanuel Sanders is 34 years old, and he's on a one-year deal. Cole Beasley's got a ton of miles on him. Cole Beasley's got a ton of miles. He's going to be 32 years old, and he's got two years left in his contract. But next year is the John Brown situation. If they wanted right. to save $7, 8000000 million on the cap, and they thought, hey, Beasley just came off a couple injuries, and he was good last year, but we could replace him. If they drafted a receiver today, that's a guy that could be starting for you as soon as next year. Where do they draft in the second round? The Bills? Yeah. I would imagine similar spot thirtieth in the second similar round. spot if not right around that there. pick There's, hasn't moved at all it's in the same I don't, I don't same think spot so. So is, can they get a cornerback at sixty yeah that can start for them that's a great question because that is I would want to address corner in the first couple of rounds right because those are honestly those could be the two most outstanding needs that you could address in the draft right and get impact players from right yeah. those are very that's an impact player well, position and, and receiver though like it's not. A ton about this year because I do think you draft if they draft Rondell Moore, my guy at thirty. I don't think he's playing a ton this season. Who's the kid they got from West Virginia from last year? He didn't play oh. all that much. He was on the practice squad. Who? Jake Kumro? No. No. 
Bills receiver? Yeah, they drafted him, but he didn't start. He was on the, the practice squad. People were like, or was he an undrafted free agent? One he of the might two. have been an undrafted free agent. A lot of folks were saying, like, he's going to take time to develop, but he's got potential. It's just, he might hit. He oh, might Isaiah Hodgins? Yes. That's thank you. Oregon State, though. Okay. That's why, I thought it was West Virginia. that's why you were throwing me off. There's, of another West Virginia. Dude, there's another dude from West Virginia somewhere in there. Maybe. Um, um, what's his deal? I think. Is he just a long-term project? He can't bank on it. I think you could. I could see him becoming a part of this offense. He was lighting it up at training camp last mm-hmm. year. But my problem is he is the opposite of the type of player I'm looking for. He is big and he is all about the catch radius and physical targets, like catching contested balls. Because you do, you still have Gabe Davis, who was illustrating some incredible ball catching skills. Mm-hmm as a wide receiver, but also was mid-range option running a tight route, and he's not a breakaway wide receiver. That's not his, that's not his suit. So right. you might have the replacements for Cole Beasley on the roster already if those two dudes pan out. Maybe. So, I See, I would not want to be banking, though, on a fourth round. I would not want to be banking on a fifth-round pick from last year. Fourth right. round, fourth round pick in Gabriel Davis, and a sixth round pick in Isaiah Hodgins. And I know Davis played well last year, but I do have some recent examples in the league of guys that were late round receivers that had very good rookie seasons, like Darius Slayton with the Giants and Preston Williams with the Dolphins. And it's like, oh wow, diamond in the rough. These guys are gonna be great. And then like they were still good after that, but they never really, they never really got better. They well, were just kind of what they were. Yeah, and I'd be worried about that. We just also saw that a little bit with Robert Foster. Like we've seen a flash in the pan receiver yeah. that you thought, oh, there's more here, and just because they're young players doesn't mean there has to be more there. So I think there's going to be more from Gabriel Davis going forward, so but much, I wouldn't yet want to be banking on so it. So much of it is about the quarterback too, like Allen's development and his ability to just find dudes everywhere. Like just throw, if sure. if you even look like you're remotely open, you're getting the ball. Like nine, ten receivers catching a ball a game, like that. I wonder if that's sustainable because if it isn't. The guys you would suspect that would have the drop-offs are guys like Davis, sure, and you know the guys who are not at the top of your list of who you're looking for to throw the, the tight ball end, to, right? Dawson Knox, right? And yeah, I think this guy, this this player that I'm foreseeing them picking, he's your number two target on the offense after this year, right? And that's important to me, just because it, he it's not a need for this season doesn't mean it's not a long term need because. Sean McDermott did describe wide receiver as the team's fastball after free agency. And to me, if it's your fastball, you should just keep adding to it. You should keep adding to it and make sure you never will have a glaring hole at that position. A little dojo of the mind stuff. So if the rest of the league is like starting to really get into the arms race of powerhouse tight end and trying to get into those mismatches like Pitts in the draft now getting all the attention... Maybe it's a good idea for the Bills to go the other way. Because if defenses are going to try to compensate for that new position, just getting clobbered by great tight ends, Mm -hmm. they might not be set up to deal with four great wide receivers on the field at once. And you could potentially exploit, strategically, defenses not tactically ready to counter I think I like that. And that's more speed on the field, too. It's more separation. Um, And it also, I think, if you're going to play that way, it does decrease the need for a, a star tight end. I, I want that guy. The Bills have never had a star tight end in their history. Incredibly disrespectful to Jay Reimers. <laughs> he was not a star tight end, was he? <laughs> um, Maybe not to you. You answer. You asked the question, by the way, on cornerback in the second round, and I feel like I'm, I'm actually surprised. The two guys I hear mentioned with the Bills the most 
are not too far off their second round pick, which I think is 61st. You've got Asante Samuel Jr. out of Florida State at 54. Oh, God. Who, Sean, Junior. Sean McDermott coached his father. I know. There's a connection there. I know. And then Melifonwu from Syracuse, the cornerback I feel like I hear mentioned the most, big 6'2", 212, Junior, out of Syracuse. He's ranked 55th uh, at Draft Network. So that's a little bit above their second round pick, so maybe you'd have to move up. But moving in the second round can't be all that expensive. No, fourth, fifth round pick at most to move up ten spots, maybe something like that. Right. So I, I think I like this. I like this plan. I like the idea of drafting this speed wide receiver in the first round, and then you are grabbing a corner in the second round that will maybe higher than maybe, maybe probably starting for you. Moore's good, man. I really like the idea of Moore on the team. I he's, do. Too. He's a very well, good wide receiver. And. I feel bad for Isaiah McKenzie, though, because I love Isaiah McKenzie as a player, and I feel like you draft Rondell Moore, and Rondell Moore is taking Isaiah McKenzie's role for yeah. this season. I think there's more for him in the future, but to get him on the field this year, it's the Isaiah McKenzie role. It's the jet sweeps. It's the screen passes. It's being the punt and kick returner. Got to put them both on the field at the same time. Slot receiver. Yeah, like, yeah. You got to get crazy. You've got... S- Right. I, I don't know if there'd be room for both of them, though, if you did that. And that, that's why I say I feel bad because I love McKenzie as a player. Three offensive linemen. Hear me out. Now you just three big guys up front. Okay, now we're talking. And now, you, now we're talking. Three offensive linemen. Right, let's scheme it here. Seven on seven. Exactly. I'm in. 100%. I love that. <laughs> you want to play speed ball, get the, get the fast guys out there. 8030550 is the phone number if you've got an idea on the Bills in the draft. And we'll switch gears to hockey uh, at the top of the hour because I got a thought on Linus Allmark. So that's coming up too. Joe DiBiase and Corey Griswold here on Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. Welcome back. Sports Talk Saturday. Joe DiBiase and Corey Griswold here on WGR. We're going to talk some hockey in a few minutes at the top of the hour. Trade deadline is coming. We are nine days away. I think we're nine days away. Today's the third. Yeah, 12th. Um, So there's a lot to get to on that front. Tonight, Kyle Oposo will be playing. Um... What else do we got for tonight's game? Linus Olmark will be in net. You are going to be seeing Sam Reinhardt at center once again. I'm very happy about that. I've been banging the drum for that for three years, two years, whatever, really, the day Ryan O'Reilly left or was traded. I was all aboard the Sam Reinhardt back-to-center train. Nobody's ever really wanted to play him there since he's been here. It's very weird. I started wondering if it was coming from him. Because it just didn't make any sense. Last week, last weekend against Boston, when Jean Sebastian Day was their number one center, that's when I decided, okay, this has to be a Reinhardt. It's got to be. A, it's a bit. It's got to be a thing. It, right? It's got to be right. It's either that or Reinhardt has told them, I don't want to play center. But look, look what happened three days later. He's down the middle, and he was talking about post game that he loved it, that he wanted the challenge of it, and that he feels completely comfortable playing center. He did play center his entire life until he got to Buffalo. So. Weird. It's always been strange to me that he's never even been... Uh, they've never attempted to put him back there. Other than that one week Phil Housley did it with a bunch of AHLers on his list. Well, they have lost an enormous amount of games um, in that span well, have. and have generally been poorly managed. So, Yeah, so I guess I shouldn't be that surprised. No, it seems like they make bad decisions a lot. 
Um, last thing on the draft before we switch to hockey at the top of the hour. So I'm all in on wide receiver. Have you settled on what your favorite position is for them at 30? I mean, it's at this point for them, it's best player available. So you get the 30, who's oh, the guy a, you can get such good. A, it's such a, a good coach. Answer. That's a good coach answer. But, like, <laughs> they, they've re-signed all their dudes, No, right? you're right, though. They're lo- where's their long-term problem coming? It's cornerback, and it's defensive end. So those are the two things, long-term, they have to strategically address. And if they don't do it in this draft, they're going to have to do it soon. Mm-hmm. So, for me, those are the two spots. This is, this is also, like, the first year where I'll believe it when they say best player available. Because they really don't have any glaring holes. Right. Now. But, like, <laughs> give it a year or two, that changes. Sure, that's right. All right, 803 is the phone number if you got any last thoughts about the draft. Before we switch to hockey, we're going to do that at the top of the hour. So come back for that. Hour number two, Sports Talk Saturday. Joe DiBiase and Corey Griswold after this on WGR.